Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halleck. And we are settling into the studio. We're a little bit behind the time that we would normally get here and get all settled in. But it's quite apropos for today's topic, as we decided that uh, based on the accumulation of life experiences that we've been having and that the world seems to be having and everybody who's driving on the streets seems to be having, <laughs> we're going to talk about chaos. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the good, the bad, and the in-between, mm-hmm. um, because I we think it has some upsides to it. I mean, um, there's, yeah. It's a very scary place to be for most human beings, but it it has, it's disruptive. It disrupts the norm so that change is possible. It's a word that's usually used, I mean, it's a descriptive word, but it's also often used as a, as a, a criticism. Mm-hmm. Right, so your, your your house looks like chaos. Yeah, right? everything is descending in chaos. into chaos. Are, yeah, or, and that's yeah. the place we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because I've actually had as a personal motto for the last several years: I dance in chaos. <laughs> Although I always need to give a caveat, it's not that I want to always be in chaos; it's that I've learned to dance through it and to find some rhythm and music and whatever purpose and come out the other side. Well, kids seem to be okay in chaos. Kids create chaos, so they somehow they're okay with so it. So they must be okay with it. And then we kind of school it out of ourselves as we get older. And maybe one of the benefits of getting older still is that we begin to realize that chaos doesn't stay chaos. Yes, yes. Usually, it, you know, I mean, we don't have a storm that goes on for 10 years. We, you know, a storm comes, mm. it builds, it comes, it does its thing, and then it, it dies down, and then we're left with the aftermath, which is usually about putting everything back in order again. Mm. I think we can have societal storms that may last that long or longer. If you think about wars and the ca- chaos that can... can, But again, chaos seems to be... It's like the brush fires, Um it, it comes and it it, it 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 tears things down. It burns things up. It up, causes upheaval. It causes fractures. It dissociates things that were associated. It scatters, but then it moves on, and we are left in the disorder. And we look at the disorder, and we still call that disorder chaos. It's sort of forced disorder. I'm not sure we would voluntarily dis, um, move into disorder or chaos, right? <laughs> would, would we voluntarily do it? I'm not I'm sure just, we would, right? I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying it on the drive up here that I've been voluntarily descending into chaos lately to do deeper and deeper purges of of collections of stuff, things that I've either inherited from other people who've left stuff at my house or the merging of a couple of households and do we really need all of these things and always seeking to simplify. But in order to do that, you have to let things that may have been stuffed in boxes in the back corner and easy to forget. And the top can be, you know, have the appearance of order. Well, and and in a sense it was, it was all orderly up here, but all of that. Yeah. But in order to actually kind of have 
uh, true simplicity, true, um, what's the word I want to say, harmony throughout all, where it's not just one level is clean and the other is, you know, we're just not looking at the chaos down there. You have to be ready to wade through the muck, and sometimes it's very literal. Well, look at the language we use, we, you know, wading through the muck. We assume that chaos isn't clean. Yeah. Right? It isn't tidy. It isn't orderly. Is it? When these are all words that in our um, current paradigm we believe are valuable. Yeah. And chaos is not valuable. Chaos is likened to anarchy and yeah. um, n- no, no rule, no rule of law, no safety, no um, – and, and I think that um, we have to keep creating it. And be, uh, and I, I'm go- I was going to say be less afraid of it, but that's that's kind of a tall order, right? We're mm-hmm. we're sort of I don't know if we wire ourselves or if we are wired or if we come already wired to seek order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have the chaos in the first place, then we haven't broken things apart so that we can put them back together again in a different fashion, perhaps. Um, so creativity <clears throat> requires it, in a way. And and it forces creativity. It does. It forces us to use creativity in order to find our way back. To I, I'm always reminded of like, when I was in school, we had a we had a sheet of paper and we put iron filings on the sheet of paper, and then we <laughs> shook the sheet of paper, mm-hmm. and eventually all these iron filings would align themselves into a linear pattern. They didn't start out that way. Right. But that was just random shaking uh, that got them to that place. And I remember l- learning about this concept of chaos at the time and and thinking, and, and every time there's chaos around me, I, I think back to that piece of paper with the iron filings, and I think, well, if it doesn't, it doesn't stick around forever. It, it eventually will yeah. sort itself in some way. Um, even if it's to flatten, yeah. Like you, I'm thinking about a hurricane um, that you know the sun comes out and the and the wind dies down and then we're left with everything flat and then we have to decide well what are we going to do with this now? We might build it all back up the way we had it before, but we might also take the opportunity to rethink things and maybe maybe we don't have all the resources anymore, so we have to put them back together in a different way yeah. and maybe that different creative way is better than what we had in the first place. So I keep, I mean, we're motivated to talk about chaos because we're talking about like our daily lives, things that we see uh, in the politi- political landscape, yeah. economic, our, our social crises. When you, even if you think about, um, say, our opioid, opioid addic- addictions yeah. and how are we handling that, not handling that, like the crisis of humanity that is happening around that is chaos. Um, but my brain keeps going to things like earthquakes, um, eruptions, tsunamis, forest fires. These, yeah, well, yeah, we burned down this summer again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, BC. Uh, this seems to be the new summer for BC, not yeah, only BC. It's a lot we have of rain and fire. Rain and fire. <laughs> there are two seasons: fire season and rain, se- rain season. Um, and yet, for all of those things, including including fire, which was our most recent one here, there are certain things that cannot evolve, that cannot occur. With And those are like big 
big like cycles of the of nature, of geology, of even if you think about an ice age. Yes, these things are chaotic. We experience them as chaos. They do create because they destroy the existing order in some fashion. And it and it's it's hard and it hurts and and things perish. Um, things are destroyed that had been built. I mean, we're, we're humans. We're great. I, I see us sometimes like little doozers on the earth, you know, building up our little things like they did in Fraggle Rock. Um, and, you know, and something happens and all our, all our stuff that we built falls down. What do we do? We just start building again. Yeah, I we mean, honestly. Out, the spiders in my house do that too. <laughs> yes. They build webs all webs. over the place. And as soon as I clean up the webs, I go through with my, with my feather duster and my <laughs> vacuum cleaner. And, and it's like they rebuild just like people do after hurricanes, yep. right? It's like, well, okay, starting over again. And, and yet, something does happen. It's not just a, oh, we have to recover from this. It alters things. Yeah. It makes some things possible that wouldn't have been possible. It re- It is staying true to a greater picture. Yeah. And I, I wonder if we can take that perspective mm. of what happens in the world and, and, and see how this might roll out over what we are witnessing. With, we're we're facing some pretty major chaos on the political scene. A major upheavals, dis- destructions of things that have seemed like they were good ways of doing things for a long time, and they're just kind of it, it's fallen to pieces. And for many people, maybe most, this is quite upsetting. I'm sure that it's upsetting to me at times, but there's a certain part of me that's just sort of like, when I see things start to go crazy like this, I can't help but wonder, well, what's on the other side of this? Oh, I guess that's the tagline for our show. So we yeah, kind of have that. We wonder what's around our, the corner. I, yeah. I used to, I used to teach in the business world. I used to teach um, team building and strategic planning and creative, creative and analytical thinking. Creative and analytical thinking is a really great one because we need both. And one of the things that happens in groups is that there's a reluctance to stay in chaos long enough to be able to alter things, shift perspectives, dig out enough creativity to be able to go back to what we had originally and figure out how to alter it. And and so I used to find myself sort of putting up artificial um, – constructs, barriers to going back to the linear too soon. So we come up with a new idea and then we want to analyze it and we analyze it to death before we've given it enough time to be crazy and illogical and <laughs> it's our discomfort with discomfort it's our discomfort with discomfort and <laughs> and so it's um it, it we almost need to bring i i believe a, um a, a respect for chaos to the table and a recognition that it's almost like a medicine that we need to take I think it in is. order to be healthier afterwards recognizing that maybe the goal is not actually for the status quo to be quo. <laughs> well, it's fine the for a while. There's nothing not wrong with it. Quo. Like there's n- there's nothing wrong with either of these <laughs> positions. But but if we want to be able to improve, like we, we get into a certain amount of stasis, right? Yeah. Where we get we get um, rigorous, but we also get rigor mortis, right? We get <laughs> we get so stiff that that we're hanging on to things because they've always been done that way. 
and oh. that's not always the best way. And that doesn't mean we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and chuck everything because some of the things that we've developed over time are, are great and we want to hang on to them. But, but maybe not in their current form or m- maybe not totally. But if we can't, if we spend all of our time defending them, then we can't, we can't actually see if there could be a surprising alternative way to look at them and and work with them and it's i i talk a lot and and i'm often criticized for talking about the masculine and the feminine not as male and female but as um you could say linear and spatial or um logical and illogical but but there's we we need the two you were talking about dancing in chaos well do we need the two to dance together um, and we have a tendency to be only in one, or or when chaos strikes, we talk about it striking, right? It's it it disrupts the norm. Then we want to get out of it as quickly as possible. And and in a dance, you you need to be fluidly moving backwards and forwards be, between the two all the mm-hmm. time. So there's overall balance, but maybe not. Maybe each partner is is not in complete balance all the time. So we need for to do all of this. We need collaboration. We need community. We need um, differences. The differences then become super valuable. Yeah. Um, and I believe that this is what we're seeing happening politically, and and that therefore also um, economically and socially and and in every other way in in the U.S. With with a, a leader at the helm who is in in many ways embodying chaos mm-hmm. and and making a lot of the country and a lot of the world super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I keep looking at him and and thinking, well, if I if I remove my dislike of what comes out of his mouth and I look at what he's doing, it could be that not just the U.S., but the planet needs to be shaken out of yeah. our current way of looking at things, which, which because we're so afraid of chaos, it, uh, is often quite extreme. Um, and that's not to say that we want to stay in the extremity, that, that we want to stay in the chaos. I, I don't think... But we want to visit it It's like the pendulum, the pendulum swing. We... we yeah. it, it, if we were to stay in chaos that long, it would not become chaos. It would become normal. It would become normal. We, it would we, have its own form of linear order. Yes. So, yes, the whole point of chaos is that it's intense. It um, has spikes <laughs> in short periods, and then yeah. you, you get, you know, you yeah. we're all our, our all of us, all of nature is about reseeking balance but but we also must have the pendulum swings because otherwise there's nothing to balance to or balance from it's this planet i I have to say i'd never realized before the closeness between rigorous and rigor mortis i'm kind of (laughs) that also came almost came out of my mouth as using the wrong word and then i thought no there's a connection here it's really interesting um when you're talking about what does it bring up again back to the nature um the existence of this in nature. I keep picturing in my mind being in um, New Mexico where I was walking on ancient ocean beds. Mm. 
and the mesas that are there. And then going up the mountain, which was really just the floor of the ocean, which had, you know, cracked up and gone on an angle. So the mountain was, you could look through the, the you could uh, almost layers. Look through time. It really, it is not almost, you are, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're walking through a desert with seashells at your feet <laughs> because this was an inland ocean. And when that upheaval happened, and, and it's still enabling us today to look at what was. Yes. To look at what lies beneath. I think of the tsunami that um, I was living in Sri Lanka when that huge tsunami came that, that was devastating to many countries. Many people were lost. Mm-hmm. And I remember afterwards <clears throat> an email and, and many shows that, that went around showing these fascinating and bizarre creatures that had all washed up because it brought up it all stirs kinds everything up we d- these are all the, the euphemism that we use right we say that, well you're you're just stirring things up yeah. well yeah yeah and it a lot of good comes out of that you, you can imagine it to cracking through to the marrow which is where there is vitamins <laughs> nourishment or, or life you you get to but you don't notice it from the outside or or you know, there can be a lot of negative stuff that can be being brought out, but we were not seeing it. You know, the it racism. had to be there to be brought out, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's it, it. It isn't the chaos doesn't necessarily create it. In fact, no. in chaotic times, it reveals it. A lot of people reveal their absolute shiny best side. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because there's a lot of humanity that comes yeah. to the fore when we're in chaos. So it doesn't just stir up things that we don't want to see or don't want to yeah. have more of, but it, it stirs up everything it, yeah. and it recombines it in a new, it, in a new form. It becomes a, a, an opportunity for rebirth. Yeah. For Do you think we're arguing for chaos here? I, in a I, way I, we are. Like we are. I feel like we're arguing for um, becoming comfortable with the discomfort, with yeah. the fact that it, that it is doing something important, even though it may be very painful. Yeah. To be able to appreciate it while we're being uncomfortable in it. I mean, the appreciation may be academic. We may only be thinking it in our brain. It, I do this at times, right? You know, when you're exercising, you really don't feel like it. I know this is good for me. <laughs> you know, we may not feel it, but we engage with it consciously because we know it's doing something. Well, in a way, we have to let go into it. And also, maybe, maybe remembering the perspective of what you were just saying uh, about it can bring out the good, it can bring out the bad. What is it? What are we going? How are we going to choose to engage in this? Yes. Are we going to go into that place of rigorous rigor modus, rigor mortis, <laughs> where we're trying so hard to stave off this w- tidal wave of evolution, uh, of upheaval, so that we can have what we've always known and what we what we are adamantly perceiving as the way, capital T, capital W, or are we going to allow this to teach us that, of course, there is another way to be. So if you're just joining us <laughs> um, on Essential Conversations today with, with Rebecca and Luca, we are talking about chaos um, because we're seeing it a, a lot around us in the world at the moment. Yeah. And we thought, and it's affecting our lives, and we were sure it was affecting your life. So we thought, what a, what a great topic for today. So yeah. and this is CJSF, <laughs> um, <laughs> 90.1 FM, and, and you're listening to Essential Conversations. Um, you mentioned something earlier when you were talking about the masculine and the femi- feminine mm. and how it's very important to have 
both. And when we say masculine and feminine, we're not attaching that to male, female. No. This is gender irrelevant. Gen- you could gender say. neutral. Yeah, it's never not really not neutral, neutral, but it's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. The point yeah. is these actions, which are are opposites, and any one of us may be engaging from from these different points. They're they're they're, they're opposite, but they are important. As you were talking about that, and we mentioned earlier in the show about how children create chaos. They just are. They're like little bundles of chaos. It's <laughs> their gift and their curse at the same time. And I was having, going through my mind, remembering the difference between how my children's father engaged with them in that space of chaos and how I engaged with them in the space of chaos. And our approaches were vastly different and may and have may have caused the other adult consternation, frustration, but they were both very important, very valuable. He would engage the children in their space of chaos, in chaotic play. And I would be on the sidelines going, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Don't you know? You know, and all of that kind of stuff. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of parents that are identifying with this. We know what that's like when one of the, you know, there's maybe a it's reaction, usually- right? There's a reaction <clears throat> if you, if you, because you were talking about the swings. If you polarize too much into either one of them, then there is a natural drawback to the opposite side. Yeah. So when, when we get, when things get too rigid, too rule bound, too same, then there is a, there's a natural impetus to disrupt. Yeah. And and so we see revo- we see revolutions and and revolutions. I think if they could be peaceful revolutions, if we didn't have to have loss of life in order to have them, if we embrace them in in a healthier way, then we might be able to swing backwards and forwards between the two in in a way that is healthier for our planet. Mm-hmm. So the other side of that. Um, so we've got a male who is engaging in the space of chaotic play, and I would be engaging from a space of super multitasking, everybody doing different things all at once, and like the super juggle of all the things getting done. So yes. it's like this productive You had thing. a production agenda that yeah. needed to be met at yeah. that time. But it was yeah. working with the chaos yes. and doing that. And this is yeah. the thing where I often would see, I, I will see men come in and be like, you know, ah, they get intimidated yep. by the fact that there's so many different things going on at once. And they and if you try to pass the ball over to them, they're not going to be able to do that. They'll do the one task or whatever. This is vastly generalized. This yes. can show up, yes. you know, again, gender irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Humans show up at different it, spaces roles, on the scale. Their yeah. roles, right? And and so when you, when you, one gets too extreme, the other one gets more extreme to balance yeah. it out. So I'm seeing this as like chaotic play and chaotic work. Yeah. But both are leveraging the chaos for a purpose that is desired for everybody uh, either to achieve or to experience. Yeah, a purpose and and maybe even a comfort level, right? Because extremes Mm. don't feel comfortable for very long. Yeah, no, it's true. There, there are contrast, and then it gets to be too much, and we have to let go yeah. and move into something yeah. else. So the question is, can we hold on long enough in the discomfort 
to get more value out of it. It makes me think, too, that there there's always a space to breathe. And sometimes we don't believe that it's going to come. But when it does come, we have to breathe. We have to do self-care in that moment. Well, this is art is wonderful for this, mm. right? Or art and culture, because they, in a way, are often the part of our society that pushes us and holds us on an edge, um, and you can see it sometimes that some of the best artwork creates tension and holds you and holds you and holds you and holds you until they let you go. <laughs> and the, the, the genius of brilliant artwork is being able to hold you on that edge long enough to make you uncomfortable, but not so long that you are too uncomfortable and you walk away. Yeah, it's very true. So, so this is, I mean, as in great art, great life, Right. And I feel like it's time for us to play a song. Yes, because we're talking about art. Great art. So the first song that I picked when I was thinking about chaos was Bohemian Rhapsody. Because it's rather chaotic. I'm actually really looking forward to the film that's coming out soon. That's based on Freddie Mercury. And I think it talks through Bohemian Rhapsody and then what they were doing with it. Um, A couple of the quotes I remember from that was, you know, he got pushback. This was a thing he wanted to create that was not being understood by many of the people that were the music advisors. And I'm just going to stop talking about that because I don't know enough. I haven't watched the film yet. So let's listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. Let us enjoy the chaos. And the resolution. (laughs) And the resolution. Really bad. 
You're listening to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca. We were just listening to Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. There was a little bit of headbanging by me. Luca was not headbanging, but she doesn't have the headbanging background that I do. That makes it sound like I'm a headbanging metal fan. I'm not, but mm-hmm. I do for <laughs> Queen. Well, good music in any genre is wonderful. Right? I miss I miss my long hair right now. <laughs> yes. Well, we needed Fraggle Rock hair for that, uh-huh. right? We didn't have it. So we've been talking about chaos, and we've been talking about um, how it shows up in nature, how it sh- it is showing up in our world, in our personal world, and <clears throat> we haven't talked as much about the personal. No, I think we Parenting, should go. Maybe, but yeah, I think we should maybe talk about the impacts of that because what feels chaotic is probably going to be different from person to person, mm-hmm. but. How being in chaos impacts our mind, impacts our body, and how our emotions. Our emotions. How do we? How can we support ourselves? How can we support each other through that? I think might be really worthy to spend some time talking about too. I mean, because one of the things I guess we've been working on here is even just the mental reframing of it. So if we if we go in, if we're in chaos and our brains are perceiving it as dangerous, and 
horrifying and terrible no good, we must stop this, it is going to be a much more painful place to be engaging with something that might be an important evolutionary process um, and could be cause, could be making it harder, I, sh- I should well, say. There have been times in my life when I've actually chosen it. And then I have to remind myself that <laughs> I actually chose it. Right. Because um, I've changed careers several times. I've m- moved from one side of the continent to the other. Um, a- and I've moved from one continent to another continent back again. Yeah. Uh, and I've had, I mean, as I'm sitting here with my foot <laughs> up in the air cause, because I broke my foot. Anything like that that completely disrupts our norm is going to be perceived by our psyche as some form of chaos. It is some form of chaos because our normal routines and patterns have been shifted. And until we settle into a new one, we're coping with that emotionally and, and on an energy level in terms of what we can cope with. So we often find that when we go through big changes and we're, we're at the beginning of a school season here again at this time of year. And, and so we've got um, kids going back into a routine, but it may be a different routine than, than there was, certainly a different routine than there was over the break time. So we're, so we're adapting and it takes more energy to adapt. We, we don't have that, um, I, I don't have to think about it because it's it's just habit it's, thing going on anymore. It's stressful because expect you don't know what to expect. Don't know what to expect. You don't know how to prepare for it. Yeah. You don't know even if you can prepare for it. So this is bringing up something practical to me. Because it, we can pretty much say across the board that this is, this is the thing. Cha- what, what chaos looks like and what it feels like for almost everybody is going to be uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what to expect from, um, let's say, uh, government, state, like what's what's happening in society. Not knowing what to expect from neighbors within your neighborhood. Not knowing what to expect from institutions if things are in upheaval. Um, if there's a natural disaster, all of those things, you know, again, it's very easy to see how we don't know whether what we would normally expect is what we can expect right now. And that uncertainty causes anxiousness and um, it can disrupt your sleep. It, it is exhausting. And I think it's really important to acknowledge it's exhausting and that actually taking the time to rest, to do the things that strengthen your body are important. You, the very, very simple, basic self-care is actually a really important thing to be engaging in yeah. in a time of chaos. And I had a thought that's now run away, so I'm going to pass it back over to you. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking about uh, refugees mm. and what it must be like I'm thinking about Syria in particular at the moment um, because we've had um, people on the show talking about um, d- working with refugees it is incredibly disruptive for them it's not a natural disaster but it means oh, that human, they now don't have it's humanitarian not disaster. just a home but they don't have a home country anymore yeah. they don't have a home culture and they are dependent well, on they, the kindness of strangers to even be able to put food in their mouths in, in many cases. But it's also really stressful to accept new members into your group. So if you've got refugees coming into your country and you have to adapt and you have to um, cull your resources and figure out what you can spare 
for someone else. Um, what what you might be able to do to help them requires you putting yourself into somebody else's mindset. All of those things take extra energy um, and time that that aren't necessarily in abundance at that point. So so we have to deal with that as well. So all of these things. I've noticed that when we're in a time of of chaos or emergency or um, dealing with crisis, that um, we have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Sometimes you just don't have any choice. But then then you have to cope with the fact that you're traumatized and that – and that you have to take a break. At some point, your your body, your psyche, your emotions, your whatever will reach a snapping point, and then and you have is, to put things down. This is where community within family, within um, com- uh, our neighborhoods, within any other organizations we might be connected to, is where we need to have each other's backs. Yeah. Where we actually need to not be um, holding on to this narrative that we have we have cultivated so much in our society of independence and it's all on me and pull yourself up by your bootstraps this is not how we get through this we Mm -hmm. need to have each other's backs to look out for each other to say i'm going to take the shift right now rest you go rest i'm going to and to recognize behavior (laughs) aberrant behavior as potentially signs of distress yes and to instead of attacking the behavior, being able to say, this behavior yeah. isn't like you. This is not your normal self. So I, ha- I reclaimed my thought that mm-hmm. had run away on me before. Maybe now is a better time it to returned. say it. It returned. It did return. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a good thought. <laughs> so here's my thought. Rend. Is that when we know that, it's, that there is uncertainty and it's creating anxiety in us, we're very good at playing roles, putting on the happy face, Again, going back into that like independence, get her done kind of thing, put on a happy face. No, I think one of the things that is most helpful to ourselves and even to the people around us is our honesty. Saying, this is what I need. This is what I am afraid of. This is what I can offer. Holding our boundaries even very clearly with kindness, with compassion, but stating it honestly. Because by doing that, we are communicating what other people can expect from us. When other people hear what they can expect from us, they're going to be far, they're going to feel a little more safe because suddenly there is something that they know they can, they understand what they can expect. They're going to feel a little bit more able to tell us what we can expect from them. And all of that requires that we be honest with ourselves first. And that means that we not have or that we recognize, because you can't say, well, I'll never have this, but that we recognize when we have unreasonable expectations of ourselves because they're often programmed in. Yep. Um, I remember in the 80s, we had layoffs in the business world. We went into a recession in the early 80s in Canada. And uh, I mean, many other places, but I was in Canada experiencing it at that point. Um, and they, the, the, the business world eliminated a whole um, echelon, strata of middle management, which was supposed to make everybody more efficient. We were supposed to all get better at doing what we were doing and do it more efficiently and effectively. But what the, another byproduct of all of that was that there was too much. And then we started to see 
uh, the business world developing the concept of stress burnout, yeah. and 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 they were teaching all these courses about how to manage stress. Well, and nobody was recognizing at that point that part of the stress was because people were trying to do two people's jobs, and that's that's more than just efficiency, right? That's uh-huh. na- we've now moved into overworking people. Yeah. Yeah, where humans are a resource to be tapped rather than, yeah. you know, individuals. And we can do it for a short time. We cannot a do finite it amount of time, but we cannot do it indefinitely. So it is the perfect time to play the next song, which is called It's All Too Much <laughs> by the Beatles. I actually went hunting for the Beatles psychedelic tunes because I was thinking about how psychedelics in- induce a state that feels chaotic. But it's also something that kind of turns things inside. I'm actually speaking just from hearing other people's stories. I don't know. I haven't done this. But my understanding is that it, they break down barriers. They turn things inside out. You're seeing things. Well, in it definitely shifts your perspective. New, yes, absolutely. And things merge together and things come apart, etc. And I thought, you know, it might be good to play a song that comes from that space of that's rather chaotic but revealing. And so let's take a listen to the Beatles' It's All Too Much, and we'll be right back here in the studio to talk more about chaos in just a minute. I never admitted it before, but my cousin is the bluebird of happiness. You young mo-
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We were just listening to the Beatles sing, It's All Too Much, and we are talking about chaos and how it impacts us. So that feeling of overwhelm. I, I was thinking about what happens when when I go into chaos, and I, and I did it when I packed my life into a suitcase and moved to Scotland and had no idea where I was going. It was going to be a visit, but it it turned my life upside down and inside out. And I noticed that my natural tendency when I'm confronted with that much disruption of my norm is to try and control things. So I try to make some order, even if it's order in my suitcase. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to put some aspect of my life in order so that I can deal with all that disorder. Mm-hmm. And I, I have some judgment about it that I'm, I'm, because, because then we get into the quote unquote control freak mm-hmm. and all of that. But I think it's a very natural thing to do. I think it is. It- um, so I know when I'm dealing with chaos because I know when I'm trying to control things, mm-hmm. and I can feel it. I went into a course of study a few years ago, and I could feel that I was trying to control my learning process uh-huh. because I was feeling like I had to let go of my already established ways of doing things and learn a new way. And I figured if I was studying this program that I should let go and try the new way that I was learning. But I could also feel that I had a reaction to that. Right. Um, and I didn't want that reaction to be counterproductive to what it was that I was trying to do. But I think this is, I mean, if I take that and extrapolate into life in general, that this is what we happen, what happens when we feel like we're out of balance in some way. Yeah. That some, <clears throat> so Even if it's change that we've chosen. Um, and you can do this if you decide that you're going to take psychedelic drugs. There's a lot of people who are taking ayahuasca at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm I'm encountering a lot of them, and they have to they have to let go into a vastly altered perception that, t- as this song talked about, turns things that inside mm-hmm. out, makes you go deeper inside yourself because yeah. you discover an enormous world that you might not have been spending much time in before. Yeah, just had no awareness of. Had before. no awareness of. Um, over time, it becomes more familiar, which means that it doesn't feel quite as chaotic. Yeah. Uh, but any kind of change creates an element of chaos for us. And the bigger the change, the more the chaos. And when it's a change in the way we think about the world or process the world, like a change in um, morals or or uh, religious mores the, the, those are really big because they are the things by which we navigate our our lives right so so when when we have a change and you've had some big changes like this yeah. in in your life where you know it was like life as I know it is not life as I know it anymore so yeah. and now what do I do yeah and not just yeah. you but your whole community was going through it at the time. So I, I'm, I'm, I mean, my brain is going a little chaotic here because I'm thinking of a whole bunch of different things all yeah. at the same time. But, but this they, is, I think there's a common thread that goes through it. There is, and and I think that's what happens with our brains too, right? We're we're mm-hmm. we're we're trying so hard to process things that are not actually processable to the mm-hmm. point of resolution. Mm-hmm. Chaos is induced because we we aren't in control, mm-hmm. 
and we don't know where it's going because it's taking us somewhere different, either us personally or par- yep. our society or our family or whatever, right? The world even. We're doing it in, on and a world scale. And if we sit scale. in it long enough, it does begin to settle into a new pattern. So but you've got to stick with it long enough. And I'm also thinking that, you know, what you were describing about the desire to control some of those things, if we acknowledge that if we ha- hold awareness around that, this is what we're doing because it's meant to be a way of of self-soothing and grounding in. So what is something that we can control or create that we can then control so that we can soothe that part of ourselves? I think that's entirely valid. You know what my brain was thinking of? Tea ritual. <laughs> well, any ritual. Any right? ritual. And I know, exactly. And, it, and yeah. I, that was just what was coming up for me. Is like, I when I when my life has been in chaos, I had to move many times. Because we have an English parent, right? It's true. <laughs> we had, uh, but it's also, Indish, it, English it is, or Indian. Tea, tea is soothing, right? The whole act and process of making tea, mm-hmm. sitting down to have a cup up with a friend and talk mm-hmm. things through, that is a soothing, connecting thing, even if it's done on my own. When I've had to move in chaos, when life has been excruciatingly, I don't know-ish. You always know where the teapot is. Well, it's the first thing I pack. And (laughs) it's, well, except for it's the last thing I pack, but it's like in a special... The first thing you unpack. Yes. It's in a specific box. And I, because that, that is my first act in any new place is to set up a tea station and make myself a cup of tea. But that's a ritual. Well, I had a boyfriend once who did that with music. Mm. If he had his music with him, he was okay. Yeah. So the last thing he packed was his stereo. Yeah. And the first thing he unpacked was his stereo. Now so, we can go around with it all on our phone, right? The music yeah. is soothing to us. So what, for our listeners, what what are some of those things? And if you don't have one, you can create one. This is the thing. You don't have to just, you can listen to what other people do. You can try them out, yeah. try them on for size. But finding something that does self-soothe and, again, with that, uh, that, that um, theme of being honest to yourself and to others around you, asking for what you need, taking care, reaching out to each other. This is a time when we need, I, I keep flashing back to something I was reading um, that was being passed around by my friends who are activists. This is a hard time that is taking a lot of energy for people who are showing up to be the resistance. To change to, the world. To acknowledge and, and to call attention to the the unhappy truths that are being up unearthed through the time of chaos right now, which if we don't address, we do so at our peril and to the peril of the, of the earth. So they are doing this work and it is in the dirt, nasty work. Being and it's not the norm yet. Eventually yeah. it will become the norm. Well, but I, I hope we hope I mean, it this, will become the this norm, intensity right? of work of calling out, calling in, needing to address these these really painful issues along racism and systemic um, yeah. abuses of power. Um, <clears throat> this is it's hard stuff, and I hear them calling out to each other to say we need to look after each other, and it is so true. And so, if you even if you're not within that that zone, you don't consider yourself to be an activist. If you are engaging in the chaos, because we don't get a whole lot of choice around this, you kind of are by default. But this is a really good thing to have in our brains that we we have a choice. We can go um, Lone Ranger, right? Batten down the hatches. Zombie apocalypse is coming. We're going to just take care of us and ours. And, you know, shotguns at the ready, stockpile or whatever. Do You know, that's one approach. It seems awfully lonely because if that's what it takes to survive, then there's not going to be a whole lot of 
compassion and empathy amongst things. Or we and can choose to be creating a community that is that is standing and holding each other together. A so community of support. That, yeah. And that involves that, you know, the things we talked about before, b- sharing what, what can be expected of us to other people that we care about or just to random people we're interacting with, asking what we can expect from, from, from others or f- paying attention to what systems and and organizations and humans are communicating, even if they don't intend to, about what we can or cannot expect from them. And it may be different than what it was before. But being ready to adjust into those situations, taking self-care, reaching out for help from other people, um, coordinating so that we don't all have to be on at the same time, because that's what's super exhausting. Yeah. So if you are, you know, maybe you don't have a life partner, we don't have to have a life partner in order to have people that can be there for us when we're ill. When I we're can speak for that right now. <laughs> yeah. Rebecca's been coming and helping me. We, this is what friendships should be for as well. Nurturance. We had a guest on uh, um, a number a, a couple months ago, Nava Smolash, and mm-hmm. she came on and she was talking about n- nurturance culture and how we must nurture nurturance culture. This is a thing that we need to step more into. And I think that's the call out that we're doing today. I'm getting all passionate. We have just a few more minutes left. So <laughs> I'm going to let but you step in. It's a nice in. summary. It is a nice yeah. summary to bring it back around. It, I mean, we notice w- when there's chaos that, around because of how we react to it on a personal level. But once we can see it and feel it on a personal level, it highlights it for us so that we can go looking for it outside of ourselves and have more compassion for societies that are having to change. Yeah. And at the moment, the whole planet is having mm-hmm. to change. I just, I feel like saying, don't feel like you have to be superhuman. Yeah. Like you have to just keep pushing through when you're, when you're, take the nap. (laughs) Yeah. Sleep longer. Take the day off. Because all of the, all of the striving and the, the going above and beyond, all of that was a capitalistic, you know, mindset, really. And let yourself have your rituals. I mean, Mm -hmm. as long as they're not. Um, addictive or or, or require you know, require harm somebody else yes. or harm yourself, yeah. but you know a cup of tea is not a is not a bad thing, right? Or having a nap is not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Um, d- putting, I mean, habits with meaning are ritual. Yeah, exactly. It can. It doesn't have to be religious. It can be religious if you've Could got be. a religious. Can, that can be the spiritual part yeah. that you need, right? Yeah. It can be with people or or on your own. Mm. But, yeah, so be gentle, good folk, with yourselves and with each other. This is a time of chaos. (laughs) Yes. So we will calmly Mm. move to the end of the show today and leave you with a whole bunch of things to think about. And maybe you'll go make yourself a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Now I need a cup of tea. Let's go make a cup of tea, Luca. Um, So... Uh, we have been busy bees behind the scenes, lining up people over for the next few months. We had a summer that was very... Chaotic. Uh, yes. <laughs> scattered. We would we would reach out to a lot of people to come on uh, for interviews, but we weren't getting a whole lot of concrete responses back. A lot of, I'm interested, but then we couldn't get people booked in for dates, which is okay because for Luca and I, we really don't mind talking to each other here in the studio. And obviously, well, we feel we're interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We entertain ourselves, that's for we sure. Do, we do t- we do entertain ourselves. And it's, ch- it's turning around. We've just booked a whole bunch of people for the show, which yep. is going to make for a very interesting um, fall. So stick around for future shows where you will discover what's around the corner. <laughs> 
Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. Happy, 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 happ